Woman in Light. Welcome back, sis, to another episode. Listen, y'all already know it goes without saying how excited, how elated I am that you are tuning in to episode five. Oh my gosh. Let me, let listen, I have to simmer down because I have to key y'all in a little bit. Sis went through a lot last week. In just one week, I was able to see a lot of God's hands moving in my life. And I'm just at complete awe at this point. Now that I'm like, you know, coming back to just kind of settling into my normal routine, I'm just like taking a deep breath. I'm inhaling all of the awe moments of just being able to sit back and be like, God, you you really have a way of moving. And um, just to kind of key all in a little bit, like last week was my husband's birthday. So, you know, we had the family come over. And so there was a lot of ripping and running to get things together for him just to celebrate his day. Because for anybody that knows my husband, he is a total joy to be around. Um, But also, too, last week, y'all, I lost my dog. And I was a little heartbroken. I lost my dog for three days, three whole days. That is legit my fur baby. And um, I was heartbroken. I think I was a little bit more heartbroken than my four-year-old son. Um, But I had to hold it together, y'all. But when I got him back on the third day, it's something about the third day. It's something about the number three, okay? We're not even going to go into all of that. But when I came across him on the third day, let me tell you, I was so happy, so overjoyed that I cried. I shed some tears. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Call me a big old baby if you want to. But that was my fur baby. Um, And that is my fur baby. He brings a lot of joy to this family. So I was so excited. But then, you know, everything started just kind of moving fast after that. But anyhow, y'all, listen. I was given the complete privilege um, at my pastor's discretion to preach a word, to bring forth a word on a Wednesday night, okay? Um, I the, Those assignments that are given to me, I do not take them lightly at all. I don't feel like anybody that stands behind the sacred pulpit Um, should take that lightly. And that is something I did not take lightly. I was so privileged. I was so honored. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like, okay, God, do do your thing. Do your thing. Okay. But anyhow, um, y'all see, y'all, I I don't know if you guys already uh, started following Woman in Light 22 on Instagram, but y'all see a little snippet of your girl up there. And I'm just bringing forth God's word. And to be quite honest with you, if you're anything like me, that just goes right on to saying what episode five is about, okay? If you're anything like me, go ahead and touch your nose because yes, I can be nosy. And I probably, if I were you, I probably already went to the description and read up, but being that I'm not you and I actually had to type in the description, listen, episode five is about, um, it's titled, I am not who I used to be. And on Wednesday night, I was uh, ministering that word from a different angle. I ministered it from the angle of don't quit despite, okay? And let me tell you, when God was dealing with me with this message, I was just like, wow. I had no choice but to go back into that message after that night and um, read it again. And then that's when I came into this. I came into grips into this message that he's giving me to birth out into the ear gates of y'all that are tuning in, sis. 
And that's where the title, I am not who I used to be came about. So we're going to be going a little bit, you know, for those of you who are tuning in from the church, whatever, wherever, if you've heard the message, I don't know, but listen, we're going, I'm going to be plunging into this scripture, taking text out of the book of Acts chapter 26, starting with verse one, all the way down to verse 18. And I know y'all probably like this, really? Yes, really, because let me tell you, that scripture really packs a punch that a lot of us, we need nowadays. We really need it, especially to get to the next level in life that God is saying, listen, I need you to be ready. I need you to get yourself ready. I need you to brace yourself for what's about to take place in your life. And we have to be reminded, and sometimes not even us, but the people around us have to be reminded, listen, I'm not who I used to be. Yes, I still love you. Yes, I'm still your girl. When you call me, I am there. But certain things I can't do no more, you know, and it is a hard pill to swallow. You know, certain things that you may have known me, um, known about me or can distinguish me by, you can't do that anymore. And and I'll be the first to say, you know, yes, I used to be that way. Yes, I used to do this. Yes, I used to love that. Yes, I used to, you know, um, dabble in this and that here and there. You know what I mean? Yes, I will go and party. But now today where I've had my Damascus moment, yes, sis. I've had my Damascus moment where God had to blind me with his light. Listen, I'm not who I used to be. And that's where we are taking text from. We are going to be talking about our boy, Paul. He was once referred to as Saul before he had his Damascus moment, before he, you know, when he, before he took that journey into Damascus and God had to be like, ooh, ooh, wait, wait a minute now. Um, there's no more persecuting here. No, sir. Uh, I got bigger and better for your life. What you thought was good and grand for you in this moment, it, I'm telling you, if it's not coming for me, it don't mean nothing. But here it is. I'm stopping you in your tracks with your companions, okay, on this journey to continue helping you persecute. I'm coming to put an end to that. And I'm going to show you greatness. I'm going to show you how much greatness you have instilled on the inside of you that I myself, this is what God is saying, that I myself have placed on the inside of you. I need you to bring about positivity. I need you to bring about transformation. I need you to bring about um, my glory and let people know how great of a God I am. Okay, that I can I can completely erase your past. My pastor loved to use the analogy of a number two pencil, okay, where it's like you have the lead on one side and you have the eraser on one side. And it's like everything that has been written down from your past, you just flip that pencil on over to the side where that eraser is and you begin to erase your past, okay? You begin to erase your past and then you flip that pencil right on over and you use that lead to write your future. Okay, that's where we're going to be stemming things from. We're going to be stemming things from. So without further ado, we're just going to go ahead and jump right on into this message. Like I said, we are going to be taking texts from the book of Acts chapter 26, starting at verse one, straight on down to um, verse 18. 
And of course, y'all already know, I love to encourage you to pick up your word for yourself. Pick up the word of God for yourself. Indulge in it for yourself because there is no greater knowledge than your own. When you can say, yes, I can attest that the Bible says this, that means no man, no, no, no operative of Satan can come and try to snatch your knowledge from you because you done took the time out to gain that wisdom for yourself, okay? So I am going to be reading out of the New International Version. Y'all already know that to me gives me so much clarity, understanding that I need so that way I can really engulf this thing, okay? My spirit can really take a, a, a liking to what is happening, can be nourished with what is happening through scripture so that way we can propel ourselves forward, so that we can be resilient, and that way we can look at our past and be like, you know what, I'm not who I used to be, in Jesus' name, amen? So without further ado, here we go. And it reads, verse one, then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews. And especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Verse eight, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? Let me repeat that verse, verse eight again. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? Verse nine, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blasphemy. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. Verse 12. On one of my uh, on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the golds? Verse 15, then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them, verse 18, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light 
and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Let me tell y'all, I have to go back, okay? We have to go back because where my focal point is going to be for this text is going to be coming from verse 4, okay? And then I'm going to skip some things and then I'm going to start going down to where the Lord is speaking. Um, where he is in verse, where in verse 15, Jesus is saying, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, um, like I said, we're going to go ahead and take this thing back. So just go ahead and go back up, go back up to um, verse 14. And I want to sit and settle in that for a moment, okay? And then from that point, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to start dissecting some things, elucubrating some things, because we have to get to a point with ourselves where we're not derailed from our past. We're not going to allow people to bring our past things up to our present and to our future to try to take us or distort who we are and who God has proclaimed and made us to be right? So here we are at verse four, where it reads, the Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child. From the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem, they have known me for a long time and can testify if they are willing that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. All right, verse seven, we done, I done already went down to verse seven. This is the promise of our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? Verse nine is very essential, right? Because, and here, here, here's a little breakdown. I just went from, in verse four, I just went from reading about Paul telling us that I used to live a life that was not pleasing unto God. I used to live a life of uh, persecuting God's people and ultimately persecuting myself, okay? I'm telling you, like this is Paul talking before King Agrippa because now, just some backstory, right? Because now Paul is placed to have to defend himself. Paul is in a position where because of his hope that he has found in God, he has appealed to the accusations that Jews were making him. He appealed to Caesar. He said, okay, you guys are trying to accuse me of this. I'm going to go ahead and appeal to a higher authority that is someplace else, which is in Rome. If you continue to read throughout um, the rest of the book of Acts to, 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 to chapter 28, right? He begins to start defending himself first though in the sight of King Agrippa and other counselors that are there. And so as he is, as he's defending himself, he's saying, yes, I once was wrong. I was once living in, I was once living a life that wasn't, that was dead to God. There we go. That that's, that's where it, that's, that's the word I was looking for. Right. I was once living a life that could not please God. It did not move God. It did not 
uh, it did not glorify God. Okay. To now, I'm telling you that that's that's how I live. To now, telling you that even if you want to, you can go and find people that knew about my lifestyle. You can go in and find people. That's okay. You can find people that can testify to how I used to live. That's okay. But in the same breath that I am telling you, this is how I used to be. This is what I used to do. This is what most of the world may know me as. I am now telling you in that same breath that because God found me, God came and saved a wretch like me, stopped me in my tracks. I am pleased to let you know, I am pleased to inform you that despite all the, the testifying people can do, that despite everything that I'm telling you that I once did, I am no longer that way anymore because there was a hope God placed on the inside of me that allowed me to see the hope he had for me. And so because of that, now I am a changed being. You know what? I don't even like to use that word changed. I like to use transformed. I am now a transformed being in the kingdom of God. Now I am an ambassador of God. Now the very people that I once persecuted, oh my God, listen, this, this is starting to feel like Wednesday night all over again for me, right? But the, the, the very people that I was persecuting, okay, the people that was after God's heart that I was persecuting is now going to be the people that I am standing with, that I'm standing to help fortify the kingdom of God. I am now going to take those people, okay, and, no, and persecute them no more. But not only that, how I used to hunt people down and cast my vote against them to sentence them to death for using the name of Jesus because they wanted to conform to Christianity. They wanted to conform to to God to Jesus to this being that went against my religious sect that went against what my belief was is now the people that I'm going to go and I'm going to to penetrate their air gate with the hope of God that God has given me I am going to do everything that I can in my power with the hope that has been found in God to now change the very lives of people who I once stood on the same side with Oh my God, I don't know if that went too deep for y'all, but let me tell you, read this thing for yourself, okay? You gotta read this thing for yourself, y'all, because we oftentimes get too stuck in our past. We get too stuck in our past, and because of that, we then, we we wallow in it. We wallow in it, and we, we allow for our past trauma. We allow for our past persecutions. We allow for our past, um, uh, a depression and, and things like that, pain, guilt, shame. We allow for those past things to identify us in the future. See, God has allowed, and that's where in verse eight, where it says, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? Okay, that speaks volumes, y'all. Y'all have to really kind of wrap your minds against that because you were once dead. You were once dead to where you had to be raised up out of that grave, that grave that you dug for yourself. 
okay? Because nobody can dig a grave for us but ourselves sometimes. And, and oftentimes when we're living a life that's displeasing to God and we're living a life that we feel like, okay, I'm in control of my life and, and God has no say. He has no, 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 you're not giving him no control, no leverage to show you who he really is and who he can be to you. You're living a life that's not, it's going contrary. Okay. And let me tell y'all something. Let me, let me, let me sidebar for a second, right? When you're not living a life that's pleasing to God, when you're not living a life that's righteous, when you're when you're when you're when you're off the path of where God wants you to be, let me tell you the enemy don't strike you. The the the, the enemy is not after you because the enemy is saying I got you right where I need you. Right where I want you is where I got you. And that's without him even having to put a finger into your life like that. That's just off of your own soul doing. Okay? But when you then start waking up and when you then start lifting your eyes to the heavens, you are now, you're now stirring something up. Now, now it's like, wait a minute. The enemy is like, wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute now. Um, something's going on with this one. And I can't have that because oftentimes the enemy can kind of see where, where you're headed. And let me tell you, sometimes, or better yet, a lot of the times, the enemy know where you're going before you know where you're going. And that's why the enemy will try to stop you. Because when you start serving greatness, when you start uh, calling on greatness, when you start calling on the goodness of God, when you start petitioning to God and building a relationship with God, now the enemy is infuriated. Now the enemy is having to send his minions the, he, he, he's having to send them in one by one by one. And it comes in the form of depression. It comes in the form of anxiety. It comes in the form of bringing up your past. It comes in the form of bringing up trauma to try to keep you stagnated, try to keep you in a neutral state of being, of, of not being able to go forward. You get what I'm saying? So now you have to reposition and calibrate yourself in such a way where it's like, you know what, God, I can't allow for my past to define me. I can't allow for the things of the enemy to keep me at a standstill, to keep me held up in bondage. I have to now see my way out. I have to now have a Damascus moment, God. And some, and, and granted, Paul didn't, at the time, Saul didn't ask for that Damascus moment. He didn't ask to be blinded by the marvelous light of God in the moment of him journeying into Damascus. Okay. He didn't ask for that, but sometimes in this age that we're living in, we have to ask for that Damascus moment. God blind me from my past for a moment so that I can, I can go to where you need me to go without asking any questions. Because when you're blinded, you can't, you're in the unknown. The only question you can, you can possibly, um, um, fix your mouth to ask God is where are you taking me? Because now you can't see. And sometimes that be the best position God needs you to be in. So that way when you're then able to open up your eyes, you can see the glory of God upon your life. To where now you're transformed and your name begins to change. You're be, you become unrecognizable to the people around you. And yes, is it going to stir up some things? Is it going to stir up some feelings? Because now the girl, your home girl that you once hung out with or, or the friends that you once partied with and, 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 and went to the club with and drank with and 
and had fun, you know, unadulterated fun with, you understand? You can't do that no more. So it's like, oh, what, you're better than me? No, sis, I'm not better than you, but I'm not who I used to be. Because God has pushed me, he has catapulted me, he has positioned me, he has postured me to where now I have hope. I have found hope in the God that is the creator of all things. See, and when we get to that understanding, we then are operating in our rightful position. We are then able to better operate as the spiritual beings we came into this world to be. We are then operating with a kingdom mindset because now it's like, you know what? I'm awoke. It, it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm up now. My eyes are open. My, I'm vigilant. I'm vigilant. My eyes are open. So when you, to whom it's just given, much is required. And that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, if I'm a pastor or if I'm a minister, that that is only applicable to them. No, 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 no. To whom much is given, much is required. When you carry a certain anointing on your life, okay, that is a lot given in that moment. So now you have to, you have to, you have to set yourself up to par to that anointing God has saw you fit to have. So you have to turn away from your way. See, our ways are not his ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So we have to align. We have to begin to search. We have to begin to read his word. We have to begin to, to get ourselves in that momentum of saying, you know what, God, here I am. What is it do you need me to do? Because if it were for me, for instance, and this is real life, it were, if it were for me, woman and light would not have been birthed. My, my complete um, attention would have just solely been on nursing, on nursing school. It would have just completely been on that. But God said, no, 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 no. Your ways are not my ways, daughter. Your thoughts are not my thoughts, daughter. And while you're trying to do something great and be a part of the healing ministry, there's no greater healing ministry than being a part of the kingdom of God and healing in that way. And I'm like, whoa, okay, all right. So even to say that I'm not who I used to be, because see, the, the, the kissy that would have been like, you know what? Um, listen, God, I'm not used to this unknown living lifestyle. I don't know where to go, how to go about doing this. So I'm just going to go with what's comfortable. God had, had to remind me that you're not who you used to be. Your, your, your secureness is coming from me, not from, from you. It's not coming from you. It's coming from me. So you have to be so sure uh, on the promises that I give you that when people try to come up left and right and out of the woodworks and out of Timbuktu and try to try to distort the vision that I've given you by bringing up past things. Oh, remember when you used to this? Oh, remember when you used to that? Oh, remember when you had fun on your birthday this day? Or remember when you did this that day? Listen, at the end of the day, God is in control. And God said, I've taken you. I've risen you from the dead. I've risen you from out of that grave. I took them dry bones and made them live again. Okay, come on, somebody. I'm, I mean, if this message is not uh, um, packed with a punch, I don't know what other message would be in this moment. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Okay, I am one that 
I used, let me, let me say it this way. I used to be a, a, a individual that when things got hard, when I started on this Christian walk, when this Christian journey, okay. And even, even from time to time, because truth be told, Paul, the apostle Paul talks about it in first Timothy chapter one, verse 16. He begins it there where there's going to be tug of war moments. Y'all, there's going to be tug of war moments where we're fighting against our flesh. We're fighting against the things and the desires of our flesh that goes contrary to what our spirit is willing to do for the kingdom of God. We're all, there's always going to be a tug of war. There's always going to be a pull of something that, you know, can, can bring us comfort from our past that we're so used to that we have, that we then drew a wedge between, but sometimes that wedge can become um, um, a little softened when we get in the heat of trouble, when we get into the things that we're just like, um, I don't think I'm built for this. Listen, let me tell you, I'll be so quick to tell God, God, listen, dad, listen, father, listen, Abba, listen, Adonai. I don't think I'm built for this. Okay. I may even have to throw in a little bit of a brother and be like, listen, <laughs> Jesus, I don't think I'm built for this because when we don't see what God sees for our life, we then question who we are. We may not question who God is, but we may question who he think we are because we don't see what God see. You understand? All we can see is the hurt. We can see the pain. We can see the trauma. We can see the distress. We can see the stress. We can see all of those things. We can see all those imperfections about us and try to start disqualifying ourselves from the very thing God said, I built you for this. I built you for this. And it's too often that we use, um, Use the scripture that reference that that references when God says he knew us before we was in our mother's womb. He knows every strand of hair that we have on our heads, y'all. Sis, so if he knows all of these things, why? That's the question of the day. Why do we allow for ourselves to to let to bask in our in our past instead of bask in the presence of God for our future. Okay? Like I had to I had an instance and this is just me being vulnerable. You know, this is what this podcast, this Woman in Light podcast is all about. It's about vulnerability. It's about breaking down barriers that will allow for us to really see the move of God in our lives, right? Um, and like I said, we oftentimes have so many um, moments where we allow for ourselves to just wallow in our past because things didn't go the way we thought it should have went or the way that we anticipated it should have went. So we then get fogged up. We get fogged up with people coming in and saying, you know, negative things because they're, they're seeing progression and they're not. And the thing is, is that if you only have haters in your way when they ain't getting what God is giving you. And it's not to say that they don't have uh, the same space and opportunity that you do. It's just that they're not taking it and you may have. Right. And so people fret the unknown people. And what I mean by that is, um, when somebody starts seeing you in a different light, it's, it's becoming unfamiliar to them. 
it's becoming like I don't know who this person is and I I don't I'm not used to it but who cares what they're used to who cares what they're used to you know and 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 like I said there's there's always gonna be tug of war moments where people are always watching those moments to try to have you take a seat but God is saying no I mean come on let's we could take it back to scripture where we go down to verse 15 and it reads then I asked who are you Lord this is what Paul is asking Jesus and Jesus response is I am Jesus whom you are persecuting the Lord replied verse 16 now get up and stand on your feet this is where when 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 opposition comes your way and the devil is using Satan is using those people that are around you or those people that are closest to you right to try to make you take several seats no jesus is saying now get up get up sis and stand on your feet this is the designated moment right here there's no better opportune time than right here right now for you to get up out of your mess get up out of your past get up out of that loneliness get up out of that bitterness get up out of that get out of the sadness get out of the depression in the name of jesus this is jesus talking to paul y'all and then paul then begins to he let let me tell you Paul is full of zeal, okay? He is he 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 is a zealous individual. And he and what that means is that he's so passionate about what he's doing. Whatever Paul does, whether he was on the other side of the fence that went contrary to what Jesus had in mind for him, he was a zealous person. That's why he was doing all what he was doing, and he was doing it by any means necessary. But then now God then grabbed a hold of him and said, you know what? That same zealousness that you had when you were persecuting me and persecuting my people is going to be the same zealous attitude you're going to have when it comes to now reviving people from dead, from the dead. When it comes from reviving people from their past, when it comes to reviving people from their, their sins and bringing them to repentance and bringing them to my heart listen let me tell y'all i'm fired up over here behind this mic this this mic is on flames right now because it spoke so much to me because i i i was in a moment i was in a state of mind where i wanted to quit and it's still only the very beginning okay i'm seeing things moving and i'm seeing god you know his his righteous right hand moving over my life but yet there was a moment where the enemy tried to come up against me like a flood y'all and try to uh, manipulate my mind to make me think that i'm not equipped for what god had already in store for me Okay, there was a moment where I had to sit here and be like, you know what, Kissy? I'm not who I used to be. I will not let this turn me away from the very purpose God sent me out on this task and the assignment for. I have to position myself. I have to anchor myself in who God has called me to be. And like I said, I believe it was in the second episode where we were reading from 1 Peter 2 and 9 where it talks about God um, um, seeing us as that chosen generation. Okay, he's seeing us as um as a royal priesthood, as a holy nation, as a as his peculiar people, his special possession. Okay, where he's called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Y'all, we have to come into grips of that. 
And when we become, uh, when we become um, affirmed in the promises of God and who God says us to be, that's when we can already discern what the enemy is trying to do and rest assured in the promises. That's when we can sit here and be like, you know what, Satan, I'm silencing your voice today in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to rest assured in the promises and in the sayings of who God has proclaimed and declared me to be before the beginning of time, before I was made in my mother's womb, before I was birthed out into this earth, before anybody knew who I was, before my mother gave me my natural name here in the physical, God already deemed me as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. God has already deemed me to be that woman of light to blaze the earth with the fire of the Lord, to bring forth the women and trailblazers that he's called to the forefront. See, when God is moving in the midst of things, no man can stop what he's doing. But sometimes we allow too much leverage. Sometimes we bear too much. We hold on to the weaknesses that we have where God God is saying where you're weak oh child of mine I will make you strong and where you're strong he don't only just stop at where you're weak I'll make you strong but then he begins to continue to say where you're strong I'll make you stronger okay let me talk to y'all today y'all because (laughs) this thing has been heavy on me and like I said on Wednesday night when I, I, I ministered forth this word that God has um, um, rested upon me, I was like, you know what? If this thing was was hitting me like this, I'm sure it got to be hitting other people. But this right now is a pivotal moment in time, y'all. This is a designated moment in time, y'all, where we have to recalibrate our minds to say no more. No more will I allow for my past to dictate my future. Okay, let me say that again. No more will I allow my past to dictate my future. No more will I allow the hate, the naysayers to come in and try to distort the vision God already planned out and laid out on blueprint for me to walk into. All I got to do is lift up, stand to my feet. I have to get up and stand to my feet and rest assured on the promises of God. You know what? I'm done. I'm done, y'all. I'm done. Let me let me tell you. I, I told myself, I said, listen, I, my 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 podcast, I'm trying to keep to a minimum of 30 uh, uh, or to a maximum of 30 minutes, okay? Because sis over here, listen, I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on, but because the goodness of God is so great. The goodness of God is so great. If y'all hear my baby in the background, that is Cameron, y'all. That is my nine-year-old. That is my baby. Yes, that is my baby. And this is, he is he is a reason why I am doing this. Because there's things that have been, um, that has been rested on the inside of me. That has been, I have been pregnated with in the spiritual that has to come out. It has to be birthed out into the natural. And I cannot afford for my past to rise up. I cannot afford from the people of my past to rise up and try to take me off guard. Try to take me off of the path of righteousness to then just wallow in the things God had already risen me out of. Listen. Let me tell y'all something. This is a grand thing. This is a marvelous thing when you can open up your eyes and say, you know something? I'm going to use the word of the Lord today that's sharper than any two-edged sword to defeat my past, defeat the enemy and everything that the enemy is trying to remind me of. This is what I am going to use is the word of God. 
and because there's nothing better. There's nothing better than that. There's nothing that can get you out of your past the way God can. There's nothing greater that can get you out of what you are so accustomed to than what God's word can do for you. And, and we have to get in that mindset, y'all. Once we can get our heads wrapped around it, our hearts have no choice but to accept it. Our hearts have no choice to accept it. We have to think of ourselves as filters sometimes. Because a lot of times what we see can dictate how we feel. And, and, and same thing with what we hear. A lot of things of what we hear can dictate what we, we feel, what we see. It's like somebody is, it's, 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 it's like if you get up every morning, right? And you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I am a virtuous woman. I am a blessed woman. I am an intelligent woman. I am an intellectual woman. I am a woman of God. I am a woman of light. You tell yourself that every day you're going to start seeing that about yourself when you look in the mirror. You, you get what I'm saying? And when you start hearing that out of your own mouth and then you start seeing it, your mind has to wrap around it. And then your heart then begins to, 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 to hold those things in it. Your heart begins to say, you know what? I found a, a new love for myself, a, a new love for myself. And then that spews, that brews up confidence in God, that brews up a sense of um, um, esteem, a, a, a sense of esteem within ourselves that we can't, nobody can deny us because we're getting up every morning proclaiming that very thing over our lives, which is, I am that woman in light. I am God's child. I am a daughter of God. I am an intelligent woman. I am a virtuous woman. I am a patient woman. I have been delivered. I am not my past. When you begin to start professing these things out of your mouth, you become those very things you profess. But then if you look in the mirror on the flip side and you say, man, depression really got me down today. Man, that hurt really, really, really took took a number on me. I don't think I could ever get out of that. That trauma, that that bitterness, that loneliness, that abandonment. I can't get out of that. You're going to start seeing a dark cloud around you. In fact, we become that dark cloud that become that that's around other people. And that's not what God wants. That's what Paul was saying like, listen, I was a dark cloud to many people. People fled. People ran if they knew that I was coming into their town or into their cities. People ran because I was that dark of a cloud. But now people have no choice but to take a liking unto me. People have no choice but to hear about the repentance that God has allowed me to experience so that I could share that. Listen, if God did it for me, God could do it for me, for, for you. My past doesn't define my future. My past isn't who I am. Yes, and I'll be the first to say, listen, my past is not squeaky clean, baby. And I've had some skeletons in my closet and probably still do. Yes, I sure do. But you know what? God, there, there's no greater hand to be involved with those things of our past than the hand of God. So with that being said, y'all, I just want to pray this prayer and then we're going to close out. Listen, I didn't even go through the whole 
by uh, the whole scripture from 1 through 18 I skipped around but let's like I told you read it for yourself read it for yourself and read beyond y'all read beyond because there's some very vital information that will really get to you in a way that you're like you know what I can't deny myself of the goodness of God anymore I can't deny myself of the future that God has uh, has in store for me or has bestowed upon me I can't deny it anymore because of my past so we have to we have to put ourselves in that state of mind. So without that, with, with, with that being said, let me just go ahead and pray this prayer. And that is, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for this episode. I thank you, God, that we could look at ourselves in the mirror and we can declare, God, we could declare loud enough for our ears to hear that we are not who we used to be, that we are a new transformed being in your kingdom, in your sight, God, that we've had our Damascus moment. It may not have been exactly how Paul experienced it, or maybe it has, but God, I'm, I thank you, God, that I can, I can profess your goodness over my life. I thank you. God that I, I I'm changed I'm transformed and that I can be the woman that you have called me to be that you have called all of us to be God so all the trauma all the hurt all the distress all the abandonment all the loneliness all the depression all the anxiety all the suicidal thoughts God the inadequacy God I come against it I rebuke it and I return it back to Satan in the name of Jesus because I am of a chosen generation I am of a royal priesthood I I am of a holy nation. I am your special possession, God, that has been called out of darkness and into your marvelous light, God. And while I know that there's going to be moments where I wrestle with my flesh, God, I know that you are there to remind me. I know that all I have to do, Father God, all we have to do, God, is open up your word and rest assured on your promises, your promises that are yes and amen, God. And not only that, Father God, but that we can walk by faith and not by sight in the assignment that you have proclaimed over our life since the since before the beginning of time, God. I thank you, God, that you don't identify me from my past trauma. I thank you, God, that you don't identify me from the things I used to do, God. But I thank you, Father God, for everything it is that you have in store for me from this point moving forward, God. I thank you, God, for your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword that I can lean on in the moment of distress in the moment of depression God because those things are only but a for but but for a moment but your glory your grace your mercy your love your patience your kindness is forever your peace that surpasses all understanding is forever and I glorify you today God I thank you today God that not only will I I, I bring myself up but I will bring those that are around me up to standard as well up to what your word speaks about them as well in Jesus name woman of light let me tell you you got to seal this prayer with an amen 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 it down okay because that is just letting God know that is affirming to God that listen this prayer I'm standing and I'm touching in agreement with my other sisters that this is going up to heaven this is going straight up to heaven okay that I'm believing that your word what your word says about me is who I am all right. So listen, if you have not already went to Instagram at woman in light, um, 22, please go and do so y'all. I'm so excited about it. I don't know how to work it hundred percent, but don't judge me. Listen, baby steps at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. We're, we're, we're working through this thing. Right. And if you have not went to Facebook, please do so. 
please do so. Like, share, comment, do whatever you gotta do. And then also go to womanandlight.org. Y'all already know, sis over here, I don't have uh, a decent background or a decent resume, I should say, with technology like that, with social media like that. But sis went out on a limb with the grace of God and created a womanandlight.org website. Please go check it out. Okay, go check it out. I'm so excited about it all. And um, one other thing, you can definitely go, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast. I really need y'all to subscribe to this podcast, okay? It will allow you to get notified when a new episode has been uploaded. And listen, I've been doing better. Before the podcast, like the first two episodes has been coming out at 6.30 p.m. Now, sis, it's coming out at 6 a.m. I'm talking about, come on, let's go. Let's let's elevate. Let's elevate in Christ. So there is no excuse why y'all cannot tune in. Y'all can tune in on your way to work when you're stuck in traffic, when you're dropping off your kids at school, summer camp, whatever the situation is at hand. Y'all have no reason to not tune in, okay? And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Spotify, on Amazon Music, on Google Podcasts, on um, Samsung Samsung Podcasts, Listen Notes, Podcast Index, Stitcher. You can. There's platforms, y'all, that y'all can subscribe on. So please do me the favor. Do do yourself the favor and go ahead and subscribe. And while you're subscribing, says share it. Okay, sharing is caring. I'm teaching my four year old that, and and I'm also teaching Cameron that because Cameron Cameron be tripping sometimes, y'all. Believe it or not, he may not be verbal in the way that we know how to communicate, but oh boy, he definitely can be a little stingy when he's ready. But um, uh, that goes without saying that, listen, this is the ending of episode five. I enjoyed this episode. I pray to God that you were blessed by this episode. Share, share it, share it, share it. Share it with your mama, share it with your aunties, share it with your sister, share it with your cousin, share it with whomever, your friend, your best friend, your, I don't know, whoever, whoever you want to share with, share it, okay? Because like I said, sharing is caring. And without further ado, this is the end of the uh, episode. I love you. Be blessed and know that you are a valuable possession of